1: This is the Fly Moto 60 Show. Presented by Maxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data. I'm
2: On PulpMX.com. taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with
3: your host, Steve Mathis.
4: Yeah, welcome everybody. It's Thursday, it's noon. Noon noon Pacific. Thursday, February eighth. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Fly racing, Moto sixty show, coming at you, San Diego. Another name for the whale's vagina. Coming up this weekend, round six. What the hell's the time gone? Round six of the Monster Energy AMA uh, Energy, Monster Energy AMA Supercross Series. Things are heating up right now. Anderson rode fantastic to grab the win. In, uh, in Oakland, in a, in a track that looked like Baghdad out there. And, uh, of course, Aaron Plessinger got his third win of the year in the 250 class. Aaron's lead is uh, uh, now 19 points over third place. So Aaron and Joey Savacci are kind of breaking away on that. And Kenny Rockson and Jason Anderson are probably breaking away a little bit in uh, in 450s, although Barsha's going to have something to say about that. Barsha inked his deal with Yamaha to stay on the rest of the year. In the most non-shocking news of the year, Barsha will be on uh, on Factory Yamaha Monster for the rest of the year. And, of course, Davey Millsaps announced his retirement as well. He did had a pretty good injury. So um, we'll talk about that and more with Jason Thomas and Jason Wigat. Fly racing, everybody. Have you checked out the news offerings of fly racing casual gear? Have you? Huh? Stuff like the Blitz jacket, which boasts a 15,000-millimeter waterproof rating, uh, don't miss out on the expertly woven hoodies that keep you warm while looking stylish for all those times you're not on the track. Available to fly dealer near you. Ask for it by name. Fly Racing's put a, a big push into their um, into their casual wear, and they're they're doing a great job with that. So flyracing.com. Also, too, Pro Taper from Bradshaw to Jason Anderson now. Pro Taper can be trusted to provide great products that continue to set the industry benchmark for all others to follow. The Fusion Bar, the one-third waffle grip, Twister throttle tube, Micro Bar some of the examples of Pro taper products. they also have Pro Taper Sport that launched this weekend uh, a, a, a cost uh, effective line of chains and bars and things like that for, for, to give you more choices everybody Guy Go Honda, Rockstar Husky, JGR, Suzuki, just some of the teams that use Pro taper and get destroy the start with get with get products, get get. Uh, Barsha uses Get and he's absolutely killing it right now It is that orange box on the front fender It is a works part for your production Motorcycle and if you have A top amateur kid and he's Riding 250s then get their second Injector kit it uh, absolutely kills it Come stock on a cowie but everything else You can get that and thanks to the folks at Get Lots of world championships lots of world uh, GP wins of course with the folks at Get And Max's tires the MXST Is coming out real soon it's a new tire From those guys developed by The King Jeremy McGrath, uh, from your bike to your truck and almost everything in between, Maxxis Tires will have you hooking up, pulling a whole shot, and beating your competition. One of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis delivers high-quality tire products that perform no matter the terrain or conditions. Like I said, McGrath is developing this new tire. It'll be out soon. We're going to get MC on this show at some point to uh, talk Supercross and maybe talk a little bit about this new tire from those guys. 702-586-7857. We're going to give away a Fly Racing Work Stand today. Yeah, you don't think much about a stand. You use the same stand for 10 years. But A new stand is really cool. It's really nice. Works well. Looks good. So you probably need to think about your stand more. And uh, we're going to give one away today on the Fly Race and Moto60 show. I'm Steve Mathis with me, producing the show, holding things down, taking your calls. The Tis Legendary. Hey, Steve. Fantasy for you from Oakland? How was it? Not a great weekend.
0: Actually, did really well in the 250s. Oh, okay. Uh, horrible so in the So Michael 450s. Lieb and Jess Pettis did not get you? Uh, Lieb did get me, mm. um, but all the other guys did pretty well. Yeah, he got
4: all four of us or on maybe, the fantasy. He yeah, got Paul, like Dan, uh, myself, and JT. Michael Lieb. We, yeah, we were not the yeah, yeah, Liebers. Maybe yeah. I did well in
0: the 450, not the
4: 250. Yeah. Either way, yeah. one of them was okay. Hard to think but, you did well with one guy missing.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, I did not do well in general, but I'm just saying uh, I did go – I shot – went for the stars, whatever. I tried – I chose First bo- top leaders. B- both both of them. I said, you know what? I have zero chance of ever winning this whole thing, but I'm like, if I'm going to get a one-week victory or something like that, you got to shoot for the moon, as they say. And, uh, yeah, that did not go well for me. You get both of them wrong? Both of them wrong, 30 yes. points. Thanks Done. a lot to McElrath and uh, – uh, Barsha. Yeah, neither of those Oh, they, and,
4: they, I, I, and, and they didn't even come close. even
0: close. <laughs> yes, not Dude, even close. you gotta stay away from that. Well, I, I, I have no chance of winning the whole thing, so I'm like, I'm just gonna go for yeah. it, maybe I'll get lucky and, one week And win and the, the weekly the, prize. The stars align, yes, now, that, can that's what you I'm win. for. can you win the weekly, what did we decide? We decided yes, okay, because that's strictly based on merit. I am not eligible to win the dirt bike at the end on the random draw, uh-huh. was, was the thing I am not eligible for. But you can win a weekly
4: prize. Sure.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's well, based, this upon, based upon mayor. So this, that's, that's the only thing I'm shooting for now. I'm shooting this for the stars. This
4: week it's a fly racing Blake uh, Baggett jersey.
0: So mm, That would be nice.
4: Um, all right. Uh, let's get our let's get our first guest on the line. But first, uh, let's talk to Carson. He has a story. Oh, wait. Nope. Carson's gone. Uh, what's up, Brian? How are you, man? Hey, Steve. Hope your day is well, my man. Yeah, so- what's going on? So I was talking to Wee earlier in the week.
2: Speaking of, and uh, I'm interested to know if your opinion differs at all from him um, in the fact that. So I guess I've followed Supercross since '90. I suppose with some uh, years that it didn't follow so hard in the late '90s and early 2000s. But there are two words through uh, through what, five rounds that we're that we're into that I haven't heard once. and I think this is the first time ever, and that's arm pump. Wondering how come we haven't heard that? Because is it Maybe the, have the teams put the kibosh on that.
4: Maybe thinking, okay, if you say that on TV, it sounds weak, or it sounds, or nobody knows what it means. No, or, no, there's zero chance the, the team it. said anything to people. No, there's no chance of that. Or have the have the tracks been any any sort of thing with that? Because it's weird. Because I mean, you always hear it. Or yeah, I feel like you always hear it. Um, it a darn I dick. yeah, no, I got it from a few guys. Yeah, I think it's as prevalent as ever. Yeah, no, it's still out there. You're just not hearing it so much. So. Um, but it's okay. still out there though, for sure. Yeah, it's it's an issue for guys. Always has been, probably always will be. And the more confident you are on the bike, sometimes you don't get it. The, the definitely, guys would get it in Oakland, trying to hang on in the ruts and trying to be precise and everything. So, yeah. Where
2: are you? Where are you getting it from? Guys like Webb, kind of uh, like back, like back there, or yeah, or even talking about some of the no, uh, even some of the fourth, fifth place guys.
4: Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, no more guys from uh, Phil told me that. A Ray told me that. Okay. Uh, guys okay. like that. Um, but I I'm sure that a lot of dudes suffer from it. Absolutely. So
2: yeah. Cause I know we've heard Dino do it. They talk about it for years and years. And I mean, I realize he hasn't done anywhere work to, to interview because he's, he struggled so much. Maybe, he's, maybe he's struggling with that too, but I, di- I didn't know. It just, yeah. I feel like you just hear it all the time. I've, anyway.
4: uh, <laughs> I've gone by to talk to Dean after a few races this year and I haven't been able to find him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's been depressed. Really? And he's just been checking out. So yeah. Yeah, that that Anaheim deal was a bad mess up for his confidence. Yeah. Uh, All right, man. Thank you. you Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, We're going to weigh a fly race and work stand today. Uh, Fly race and Moto 60 show presented by Get Pro Taper and the folks at Max's Tires. Uh, Let's get right into our first guest, Jason Thomas. What's up, JT?
3: Not too much. What's happening in uh, sunny Las Vegas? Is it cold there? Is it warm there? Uh, No, it's
4: nice. It was very cold here, and now it is warm. It was cold for like three weeks. It was bad. Bad. When I say cold, I mean 40s. Right, yeah.
3: yeah. It's just a brutal winter.
4: Um, hey, so big news this week. For, well, a few different things. But first up, Davey Millsaps retires. Um, Long, long career. Made a lot of money. Won races. Won a regional 250 Supercross title. And I would say, JT, like, again, he, he made a ton of money, and he did very well because he stood on the top of a podium multiple, multiple times. But I would say... All things considered, Millsap's left some wins and titles on the table. For That's how good he was.
3: Yeah, and I think that's true for everybody, though. Maybe, uh, I mean, even RC, you know, he didn't ride Supercross in 2004, you know. I think it's kind of that way for everybody. Um, but there's no doubt he was a world-class talent as far as historically. Um, I think he, he was capable of doing things on a motorcycle that most people weren't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do think it took him a long time to realize that if he applied a work ethic to his talent, that he could it could take him a long way. And I would even argue we didn't even see that re- realization until maybe 2013 was re- was really the culmination of when Ezra got in there and said, hey, man, if, if you want to do this, it's going to take a lot of work. Uh, and then, you know, Davey was fortunate to have the talent to match that. Yeah. Uh, but I think if he, he would have had the work ethic of a – somebody else like Carmichael or even less than that, uh, you yeah, he would be amongst the most winningest riders ever. I yeah. don't think there's any doubt about oh,
4: and that. and that's that's what my point was. Yeah, absolutely. He left he left some wins mm-hmm. and he started working hard almost too late because he had he suffered horrific injuries over his career. You know, he lost a kidneys, broken just about every bone. You look at his MRI, you look at him's MRIs, it must be must be frightening. Um,
3: yeah, yeah, sorry and, and I was more alluding to the injuries held him back from a lot of wins, but to your point uh, and I can remember going back to like oh four and' five when he was just got his factory Suzuki ride uh Ricky basically told roger like i can't i can 't do it this way with him like Ricky basically tried to take him under his wing uh-huh. and Davey was unwilling to do the work that ricky was and ricky just said i can't i can 't do it this way like i, I thanks but no thanks <laughs> and uh I think we saw that play out for a long time where he was incredibly good, but he didn 't have that last one percent that it took to win at that level consistently.
4: My favorite Millsap story, and again, we're you know we'll get into how great he was, but I heard he he went to uh, to do a triathlon or something with his trainer, but he just watched while his triathlon while it. trainer. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and the funny thing is, that was not the case later in later in his years. You know, once he he matured and became an adult and realized how much he wasn't doing uh i think that all flipped and you know we've we've been talking about all the, for the last year or two how much work he ethic he's instilled into alex ray and uh i bet if he could go back and do it all over again he would work a lot harder
4: right i think so because talent wise he was good man yeah only uh, there's
3: only a few people i could that jump to mind immediately that i'd say yeah he probably had a talent edge over davy but that's a very very short list
4: yeah i uh he didn't he wasn't a fan of me for for criticizing him here and there and and we got along pretty good near the end and I thought he did a great podcast with me and The reason I was a little hard on him, and I admit I was was because other writers like Tim Ferry, like Chad Reed, like James Stewart like Andrew short, would tell me about how friggin good he was yep you know they're just like I watched that guy that that's how if he could put it together if he ever tried quote unquote if he ever trained quote unquote it, he was another rider that other riders looked at, you know? So. Yeah, well, you,
3: remember, you remember when we went to his house in, what year was that, 2005 maybe? When you were working for Tim, for Timmy, going into '05, I think. And Davey was still on a 250F. And, I mean, he just absolutely blew the doors off of Red Dog up there. And you're just looking at him like this guy, if yeah. he does it the right way, will win everything in his path. Yeah. I mean, he was yeah. so good. Yep, yep. Um, I can remember another time. I can remember going into the end of, it was the end of 07, going in, actually, it was the end of Supercross in 08, and San Manuel was wanting to hire Davey to go alongside Chad at that time. So they had Davey come to Chad's to ride the bike. You know, this, this happens, whether people are know or not. You know, these guys try other bikes before yeah. they sign contracts.
4: Yeah, I actually helped I helped build a 250F for Davey that Yamaha was shipping to his house one <laughs> Right, yeah, yeah,
3: exactly. And uh, I remember him jumping on Chad's bike, and within, like, three laps, he was just burning the place down with speed. You know, it was just unbelievable how fast he adapted and was going fast, like way faster than I could go. And he was approaching, you know, Chad's pace on that track. Literally within three or four laps. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, that's just pure talent. There's no other way to do that than no,
4: talent. No, no. Um, and again, though, near the end, he got with Yogi. He started working hard. His results got better. I mean, he came out of one Anaheim 1 that one year. You know, it's kind yep. of a privateer. And so, and he made a lot of money. Uh, he he made a lot of money. so well, that,
3: that talent translated into big salaries for him his <laughs> it did. entire career.
4: It did. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, he's a guy, yes, he got beat up, yes, he had a lot of injuries, yes, there are questions about him, you know, his effort level at times, but he walked away a winner in the sport of motocross. You know what I mean? That way.
3: He did. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he had, there was all kinds of stuff going on with family and his early days and money and, you know, we've heard that story over and over in this sport, but, um i think you know the last several years of his career as he was married and had kids and all that he did very very well for himself so luckily for him he's in a position that he can walk away and and not wonder you know not be in a spot where i've, I've got a race even though it's not a good idea because i need to make some money so yep. good for him i mean yep. he's definitely earned it as a you know he think about him turning yep. pro in 04 you know we're in 2018 it's yep. been a good run
4: yeah another guy that that's gone. That remembered me when I was wrenching. There's not too many of them anymore. <laughs> You're running out of them. <laughs> real quick, real quick. Um, yeah, he uh, he did well. Good career. 250 championship, supercross championship, and uh, 450 supercross wins. He never won a 450 outdoor. I don't think. He won motos. Yeah, I don't think he ever won an overall. Motos, but,
3: uh, uh, yeah. yeah, at Buds Creek for sure. I know. I remember him winning a moto. Yep, yep. Um, so, but yeah, it's. I mean, th- I think that comes back to. By the time his work ethic caught up to his maturity, he was already too beat up to really go through the outdoor yep. season anymore. Yep, uh,
4: and also too got a Canadian championship. I should put that in there. Um, and by all accounts, was a, loved it up there. People loved dealing with him. He he had a good time, and uh, he got an outdoor championship. Yes, in Canada, but still. You know, it was good to see. So
3: Yeah, and he and he dominated I mean, he really did dominate that entire series. So good for him to to um, have that championship under his belt.
4: And in completely related news, Monster Yamaha has signed Barsha for the rest of the year. <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure those didn't uh, line up at all.
4: No, no, not at all. <laughs> uh, before we get started too much into this, JT, uh, big news in the business of our sport. WPS, the, the parent company of Fly Racing, that uh, does so much with us on this show and the Pulp Show. You guys are going to be the official uh, gear and power sports company of the of Monster Energy Supercross in 2019 and, and uh, subsequent years after that. That's a that's a big deal. Oh, wow, congrats, I guess, to you guys. That's awesome.
3: Yeah, the press releases are are just now kind of hitting inboxes as we speak. So, oh, I got um, one yeah, a while
4: ago. I got one a while ago. I yeah, released.
3: it's uh it's something, you know, we're a long way away from that happening and being reality as far as mm-hmm. it's next season, you know, and uh they're still under agreement with a competitor of ours, which they have been for many, many years now. So, yeah. We're very excited. Uh, there's no doubt about this. It's been a long time coming as far as having this opportunity. Uh, but we're also trying to be very respectful of the current relationship and current contract they're under. And, and uh, you know, this is this is more about a great opportunity and, and a way to give back to our dealers that have yeah. uh, basically paved the way for us for so long.
4: Yeah, that's a. That's a 25 year relationship they had with with PU. I would think 25 years, probably something. Huge. Yeah. So it's a absolutely. big deal. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and, and we've really, really are trying and have been trying to be as respectful of that as we can. And, and like I said, I mean, we're we're only a third of the way through this series, which they're they're under contract for. So yeah. I know if it was us and the roles were reversed, we would want that respect, and we're we're doing everything we can to um, let their deal play out and and give them every opportunity they can to maximize that opportunity.
4: So, Tits now with that happening in twenty nineteen, do you want you you want JT you want a VIP from JT or you want full access or anything or is there? I think that goes without saying. Okay, all right, fantastic. Yeah. We look forward <laughs> to your emails. Um, yeah, no good good news. Congrats to WPS and the Fly Guys, and uh, just one more proof about how much you guys have been killing it the last few years. Um, okay, so let's. Um, Let's move on a little bit. Okay, so they're five rounds. There's 14 left. Mm -hmm. If Tomac wins seven out of 14, nine overall on the year that'll make, I mean, does that salvage a year for him? Is that that at all a a little mm, comforting for Monster and Jikawi and Eli if he does Uh, that? To
3: me, me, I don't think so. Um, It might help. Uh, But to be five or six rounds in and, you know, 50-plus points, let's say after this weekend, still 50-plus points out of the lead, and uh, I I don't think so. I think there's a lot of people hanging their heads. Um, You know, injuries happen, and there's not a lot you can do. But when you look at the opportunities, you know, and I keep using the word opportunity, which I hate when people do that, but when you look at the situations he's been in, he had a one wrapped up, in my opinion. Uh, That's where, you know, all of these problems started. Then he's getting the ball rolling a little bit again, going into Oakland. And he puts in this weird ride where he's kind of going backwards and his teammate passes him and he's making mistakes all over the place. And then, you know, he leaves the door open for Barsha and ends up on the ground. And, you know, it's kind of like, man, the injury was rough when you were leading the race with no pressure. And then you put in this other ride where now you turn in a 13th place finish man, it just, you want to feel bad, but at the same time, man, you, you're, you've Mm -hmm. got to take the most, uh, make the most of every situation. And I don't feel like Eli's really doing that.
4: He's the fastest guy though, to me, Anderson's been riding great. Anderson rode fantastic in Oakland. But uh, if you start him just equal and everything else, I think Eli will win the majority of the races. I really do think that. But, yeah, big deal. Yeah, I,
3: I think he's the fastest guy. I just don't understand it. And, and outdoors were the same way. Outdoors are no different. If you want to go, you know, we go back to Unadilla and these rounds this last summer. It was really strange weekends where you're just like, what is he doing out there?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And that's that's the same exact feeling I had in, uh, in Oakland this weekend in the early laps. I'm like, what's he doing? Yeah. Like, why is he Why is he struggling this badly? And yeah. New Jersey last year, the same thing. Like, there's just no real solid explanation you can point to that would say this is why he rides poorly in these situations. I I we, don't understand it.
4: The weirdest thing, and why I think we we're having a hard time understanding it, is because when you're elite like he is, and you have that much speed like he is, I mean, whether you want to go Dunge, Villapoto, Chad, Stewart, MC, whatever. Those guys didn't have off weekends like that. Their off was a fourth or something, you know what I mean? And they didn't get past. He's the fastest guy that we've seen be the most inconsistent, I think, in a long time. Just guys who are that fast are not that inconsistent.
3: Well, it's not even – I mean, the inconsistency in results I can get, because Stu has been that way at times, it's the inconsistency in speed that really puzzles me. I don't I don't get it at all. Um I mean, you know, even the weekends he crashed. A one, he was the fastest guy. Um, you know, Houston, he didn't ride. But then A two, he qualified fastest. He won the overall. But then you go into other rounds, and he's not the fastest guy. He was nowhere near the fastest guy in time qualifying. Yeah. Uh, this weekend, he was no. He, he really didn't look good all day, and you you just wonder why. Like, what is yeah. it? Is it mental? Is it yeah, there's there's got to be some sort of explanation somewhere, but I'll be darned if I can figure it out.
4: We're going to dive more into this with Wygant when he gets on because he physically spoke to Alden Baker, uh, the trainer for Anderson and Marv. But um, I don't know if you saw on the site, but um, Alden Baker says all is good with Anderson and Marv. No problems, no issues. Everything yeah, else? but what do
3: you what do you expect him to say? Really, you know, right? oh, I mean, all I this you, pretty, carry, he's you just pretty. carry the party line, and you know, it's yeah. not going to do anybody any good for him to come out and and really uh, go into what's been said behind the scenes.
4: Baker's pretty honest, though. He really is. He wouldn't tell you the full detail, but he, I think he would tell you, you know, hey, we well, they had a talk, we talked it out. Maybe not, but uh, so you're saying you don't you kind of don't believe it. You you think uh, I
3: don't is, know. I just I don't think either way he would come out and be completely transparent. I think he would just downplay, 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 and hope that those guys follow suit. Because yeah. for him to stir the pot even more or even get it in the media that there's some tension there, I don't think serves him oh. or those guys in really in any way possible.
4: Hard to believe when you add when you see the pass and you add in Marv's comments to Racer X after the race. Hard to believe they're, everything's just fine. Well, yeah, for, for
3: Marvin to go on record saying next time it's my turn – He's obviously harboring some feelings, because if we know anything from Marvin, uh, he's definitely not going to say anything controversial. He never really has. Mm-hmm. So for him to even step out on a limb that far, he clearly was pretty angry. Yep. So uh, whether or not that that anger carried into Monday morning, like Alden was talking about, I don't know. Uh, but in the heat of battle, you can be sure that those feelings are going to bubble to the surface pretty quickly.
4: All right, let's take some phone calls. Lines are lit up wanting to talk to, uh, probably mostly talk to me, not you. But, uh, Will, what's up? What's going on? Thanks for calling the Fly Race and Moto60 Show.
2: Hey, guys, what's up?
4: What's happening? happening. Uh,
2: I had a question, or a a comparison, rather. Um, The last two races we had have produced, you know, pretty good racing, and it's been entertaining, but they've been because of separate reasons. So Phoenix was a, a clean, fast, technical track. And Oakland like deteriorated pretty bad and it produced good racing by producing the state. So, what do you guys think is, is better for the riders and the fans?
4: Uh, definitely. I, well, to me, I don't know if you can replicate Oakland. And I, it's, that was really exciting. That was great. But for the health of everybody, let's not replicate Oakland. Let's replicate yeah. Glendale track, huh, JT?
3: Yeah, I think so. You know, we we got very lucky to have racing that close, um, just be, just because the track was crazy ruddy like that. I mean, we don't we don't get racing like that very often. Um, I would take I would say Glendale's dirt and Glendale's track layout every single time. Even if we didn't get the the last lap battle, I think um, I think I I would take that you know iteration every time.
4: All right, there you go, man. Thanks, Will. Appreciate yeah. it. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, Marshall has a question about tires. Is this Marshall Plum? Marshall Plum, have a question about tires? What's up, Marshall? How are you? Good.
5: Hey, it's actually Herschel.
4: Oh, Herschel. Okay, all right. We'll, we'll fire the guy in the corner there. Yeah, terrific. All right. What's oh, up, Herschel?
5: Um, I had a question about tires. What? How do uh, tires you can buy off the shelf in price compared to the tires factory riders run?
4: Uh, go ahead, JT. I-
3: Uh, They're similar. Um, You know, the the biggest difference is is the the compound is softer, so Uh uh, you're going to get much better traction but much less life in the tire. So, you know, it's not uncommon to see a tire that's got 30 laps on it to really show serious signs of wear at a Supercross, especially if the dirt's pretty hard like a Glendale. Um, And then you've got the – they can move the knob height around, so they can make shorter, taller knobs as well for different different uh, traction levels. And then the sidewall is is a huge difference as well, because on a a production tire, the sidewall is nowhere near as stiff as a, a supercross spec tire. And where you would really feel that is on landings of landings of jumps. Uh, a production tire would be much more inclined to kind of we we would say rolling like roll over is the term we would use. And you would just feel the tire kind of give way, and the bike would want to swerve one direction or the other, just because the tire, wall, the sidewall, is not stiff enough, and it's kind of folding to the pressure, and it, it wants to make you swerve that way. So, a, a race spec tire is going to be super stiff on the sidewall, so it'll basically stay stay stable on a harsh landing. I gotcha.
4: Um, okay. Yeah. One more question, Herschel, You you would never, if you paid for a race spec tire, you would want uh, your money back. Cause...
3: Yeah, you'd love it for about 15 minutes, and then yeah. it would be done.
4: Yeah. I gotcha. What one else? more
5: question. Sure. Um, what what would y'all say the factory bikes cost? Maybe you can talk about that for a minute. Uh, you know what? <laughs> no. I, mean, I heard a hundred grand. I heard. 50 grand.
3: But how how do you? It all depends on how you value yeah, one one off pieces. You know because that's all. Yeah. Somebody in a in a shop building it with you know with their hands yeah. like that. So how do you ever put a value on that? That's where the the real yeah. guessing game comes
4: yeah, in. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very very media friendly thing to throw out a hundred thousand dollars and these mm-hmm. foot pegs are five thousand dollars and and you know per set or whatever. Blah blah blah. People love to see those kind of numbers, but truthfully, um, you know who really knows? It, it's all. Yeah. I will say this though, in, in 2018, more than ever before. Factory teams are using American-made parts, uh, machining, getting things machined in America, uh, more so than ever before, J- the Japanese stuff that, that that gets sent over, transmissions and hubs and things like that. But a lot of teams are using American uh, machinists to make these products to their specs more than ever before. In the 80s, You know, everything came from Japan. The whole thing was Japan. Um, but it's yeah. switching more and more, I think, just due to costs and things like that. Uh, Herschel, so, um, yeah, cool. nobody really knows, but mm, sure, yeah, $5,000, okay. whatever. All right, man, thanks. All right, uh, appreciate it, uh, Yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. Uh, Shad, what's up, man? You want to talk about Chad Reed?
2: Yeah, yeah, I've seen there on uh, social media he posted that uh, he was finally getting a chance to test Tuesday, so I was wondering if that meant uh hes he's getting factory backing now or husky Martin is helping him or how's that
3: working
4: no I think that's all just private testing he's he's not on a race replica husky like anderson and dino he's on a on a just an f c one um so that'll be k y b he got he's got k y b suspension it might be with pro circuit probably with k y b huh, j t suspension stuff <laughs>
3: Yeah, I think he uses technical touch. Um, so uh, it would just be testing like really any other privateer. You'd have your suspension guy and you go out with your mechanic and you just try settings all day long. Yeah. So he's uh, he unfortunately doesn't have the, the race team to hand them settings, you know, which could... Probably help with a lot of guessing game and and give him a really close race setting to bounce off of, which is uh yeah. especially when you come in hurt, man, you really could benefit from having a lot of data and a lot of things you don't have to try yep um the biggest thing honestly more than even testing i think for him is just getting seat time, just being able to go out and ride during the week will probably do more good than anything else
4: san diego's always good for chad j t we touched this on our fantasy podcast that posted up earlier today, but he had his best tied for his best finish in Oakland of the year. San Diego's a, a special spot for him. What do you think? Are we going to start seeing a better Chad Reed, considering, like Chad said, he started testing and stuff? Yeah.
3: I think you'll see, I think you'll see a little better, but you look at the results and you, you see guys like Webb and Baggett and these guys, if they ha- don't have a good race, they're still getting like 11 and 12. Uh, Tickle's been back there some, too. And when you really look at where Chad is, he's nowhere near those guys. So for him in 14th versus a guy like, uh, say, Bagger, someone who's had a poor race, they get 11th or 12th, they're not even in the same part of the track. Like, they're, he's 30 seconds ahead of Chad in 14th. So I think that's going to be a while before you really see him start to move up. Uh, I think later in the season, like late in the season before you could see him really battling for top tens uh because even though the number looks like fourteen to eleven is close track position and lap time wise it 's really not yet
4: i I interviewed him after oakland and uh he's you know he's he 's in a good mood he 's working he 's trying to get better he the l c he doesn 't have the fitness so the l c q s are killing him and he doesn 't have the fitness to you know do well in the heat, so then he's going to go to the LCQ. It's a vicious circle. I wonder, JT, he put KYB on his bike, and he told me because, you know, that's the stuff he he likes and he, he enjoys the most and everything else. But I wonder if there was, before that choice was made, if there was some phone calls made to WP about, hey, can I get full support and everything? And then WP said, no, and then he said, all right, screw you a little bit. I wonder, because to me, I'm with you, like, if you if you have WP on the bike and there's WP guys all around and and Dino and Anderson stuff is 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 working and I, I stick with WP so I, I wonder if that decision was made partly because he wasn't promised any support or parts you know well yeah
3: I I, I don't know yeah I don't I know either about right? it but I wouldn't doubt it I mean I, I would think he made calls to everyone at Husky and WP and everyone involved trying to get every bit of support he could possibly get. And when that wasn't available, especially with his injury, he went back to what he knew, uh, which was KYB, and he felt like it would give him the best advantage he had because he was really familiar with with that setup already. If you think about it, he's never run WP in his career, so it would be kind of starting over, and he would be nowhere. Like, he wouldn't even have a working understanding of what was going on internally Yeah, uh, where the KYB thing, he he at least had a, a... a doorway to know where he wanted to go and what he was feeling. He could kind of give some input. If it was if it was WP coming in with zero testing time, I think it would have been a really rough road to get comfortable.
4: Oh, I know. That's why I'm saying he 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 would have said, "Hey, I need. Can I get some help?" And they would have said, "Sure." He would have went WP because they would have given him a setup right away. And yeah,
3: I agree with that. I just that. don't think that was available right. to him at all. Uh,
4: thanks, Chad. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Uh, David, what's up? You want to talk about Maxim Magazine? I haven't read Maxim forever, but what's up, yeah,
2: David? Did you guys, uh, happen to see that there was an article on, uh, Maxim website about the, uh, A2 race?
3: No,
4: I did not. Did you, JT? No, I, but I didn't read it. Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it, it's, obviously, Maxim a big publication. Yeah. You know, they have over 700,000 followers on Instagram and, and, and so far, but the, the one big thing that stood out to me is that they said, uh, Justin, uh, Bam Bam Barsha wrote for Suzuki. So, oh boy. as Yamaha, <laughs> who has received you know bad press in, in 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 past years for having a quote unquote finicky bike, I would think something like this that they would want to to make sure that they had you know yeah. are the correct uh, correct brand. I just and I'm just surprised that was never correct. And now you know this article came out last week.
4: Yeah, no,
3: I, well, I, yeah. I, Yamaha would never get a chance to proofread anything like that. So, um, yeah, that's just somebody at at Maxim not doing their homework.
4: Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Uh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right, you guys. Have thanks. a good day. Thanks. Uh, Jason Thomas on the uh, Fly Race and Moto60 show, presented by ProTaper, uh, Get, and uh, our folks at uh, Maxis Tires. Let's take a few more calls before we go. Steve, what's up? How are you, man?
2: Hey, Steve and JT. I had a quick question. I'm going to be doing the VIP experience with JT at Tampa and Atlanta. Um, nice. And I just That's wanted good. to have a quick question for the Triple Crown who are some of the big names in the two fifties that we need to look at in the lights class or the 250 supercross class. And cause I know you're going to probably do a pod on it, but yeah, did they learn anything from the last, uh, triple crown that's going to be implemented this time? Is it going to go smoother? Is it, I mean, is it, what do you think about that?
4: Uh, what do you think JT uh, as far as the, the learning of the, Thing I'd be interested to see if Feld tweaks the program at all for this Triple Crown. Um, what do you think, Jay? Do you think they do? Have you heard anything?
3: Yeah, I think they're working on stuff. The biggest thing is just that that downtime. Um, you know, when they don't have a KJSC race, I think that really puts a lot of pressure on them, which they did not uh, for A two. Okay. Uh, but I know they're working on some. You know, expert analyst stuff behind the scenes to basically fill some of that gap uh to be honest with you after the the feedback they got from it and you know them watching it on tv i I know they've been working on it pretty heavily to uh Mm -hmm. to kind of knock the next one out of the park so if i had to guess i think they would just try to get a little bit more um interaction that's meaningful versus you know because last time man lurch was just kind of out there out there on a on a limb for Mm -hmm. the live show and then for the for the television show, it was a lot of stuff that I don't think people were that interested in seeing, so um, I'm sure they're, they're working hard at it.
4: And Steve, as far as the riders, uh, Osborne looks great, he's got the number one plate, I think Dylan Ferrandos will be very good, I want to see if R.J. Hampshire takes a step up this year, I think Forkner and Davalos are both a little behind the eight ball, I know Forkner is for sure, are uh, the PC guys, but um, um, yeah, I I uh, Jimmy D uh, for the JGR team, so I like Ferrandis or or, or Osborne uh, in that in that okay. coast. JT, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I think Zacho's the the heavy favorite. I would say. Uh, yep. I mean, he won the title last year, even with a with a broken wheel at Detroit. Um, but I do think the other guys are gonna be in the mix. I just don't think they'll be there consistently enough to to win the yeah. title. Um, you know, Davolos is gonna be fast, he always is. I think Ferrandis is coming in a bit under the radar, um yeah. but he's gonna be very, very good and I think he'll be on the podium more times than not. Uh Forkner, I don't know. You know, he looked pretty good on Instagram, but it seems like everybody looks pretty good on Instagram. Yeah, Mitch
4: Mitch was hesitant, you know, as far as how much how ready he'll be.
3: Right, right, start, yeah. So. In a 16-minute main event, you know things typically seem to work themselves out. Uh, but I would be very, very surprised if Zacho doesn't come in and uh, yeah. I don't want to say dominate, but be be the most uh, polished of all these guys. And if, as long as his bike doesn't break, win this thing pretty easily.
4: All right, Steve, do you uh, do you want to fly, a race, and WorkStand? for calling in. Oh, absolutely.
3: Um, absolutely. Well, stay
4: on hold, man. Thank thanks you. for doing the VIPs, and thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Uh, Steve will win the uh, fly racing stand uh, when you get a chance. Tits gets his info. JT, before we let you go, let's bring in our other guest, Jason Wygant. What's up, Weege?
1: Yeah, I haven't been on the show all year.
4: No, you haven't. So before we let JT go, we, we, we talked about the, the Anderson-Marvin thing, and neither of us, Weege, are really buying Alden's Explanation. God love Alden Baker. He's a good dude. But according to you, talk to him, Wygant, and he says everything's fine. There was no problems. JT and I are like, we got one eyebrow raised. All
1: right. <laughs> <laughs>
4: We'd want I mean, if you just to want to say that. say that he's straight lying. I'm not saying I mean, he's lying. No, I just. Well, he'd have to be. He'd have to be. So you're okay with it, Wygant. You think that Alden's explanation is 100% exactly how it went down.
3: Why is in the face of what Marvin had to say? No problem. Somebody's lying.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, as I was talking to Mathis yesterday, that's what Marvin said Saturday night. I talked to Alden on Wednesday afternoon. So that's more up-to-date info. Mm
4: Mm-hmm. Okay. We
1: just just, uh, really walk in this uh, tightrope.
4: He's scared of his access, JT, getting pulled.
1: (laughs) I I mean, like, I don't see why. Like, he would just straight-up lie.
3: No, he would just downplay it.
1: Yeah, but there was no downplaying. Like This wasn't like, oh, yeah, we did have to have some discussions, but in the end we came out okay. This was, yeah, there really wasn't anything.
3: Yeah, nothing to see here. Uh, wh- what about Marvin's comments uh, like 18 hours ago? I don't even know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> it wasn't 18 hours ago. It was four days ago.
3: I thought, what? You said, I'm, I'm saying, but Monday morning he was saying there's no issue, and then Saturday night, yeah. 18 hours before that, Marvin was saying, that next time it's my turn. So I'm saying 18 hours before there was no issue.
1: Yeah, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I'm going to take quotes that we get, hey, I would love to live and die by them, and say that we can forever put it on the tombstone of these guys. But
4: uh... I find it hard to believe there was no conversation about, (laughs) there was nothing. I find that hard to believe, I really do. There was no like, hey, Marv, Jason, we got to talk. Rainbows yeah, he know.
1: said he didn't have to sit anyone down and make anybody apologize to anyone.
4: That's tough for me to go there. It really is. You just—I <laughs> have... know, but then that means he's just straight up lying. Uh,
3: I'm right. not. I'm not saying he made. He had anyone sit down and talk to anybody. But all I'm saying is that if if his opinion is that there are no hard feelings or any any lingering resentment at all, I don't buy
4: that. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, all
1: right. The only thing I could see is that. I could see how easily they could coexist from the standpoint of they can sit in the same room, the same gym, go ride on the same track and not fight. Yeah. And brawl. Of course not. Yeah. But that doesn't mean they're super pumped. So no, I guess it I'm is saying. possible I'm saying, for someone to be there and be like, yeah, I nobody fought, nobody mean mugged each other, everything's good. But that doesn't sure. mean they actually maybe feel that way.
3: I'm not I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm more disagreeing with the fact that there's no there's no issue at all. There's nothing behind the scenes, no resentment, no you know, I I just I feel like I know how these things work better than that, and it, it doesn't do Alden or anybody any good to play it up in the media or yeah. say there is a problem. Yeah. You know, I, so why not?
4: No, and we I'm not saying you should be like, no, you're lying. You you have to take the quotes. That's it. That's yeah, it. You, you just yeah. take the quotes and you move on. I get it, but us three yeah. are like, eh. <laughs> I mean, Marv literally was saying on the RacerX website, it's my turn. It's my turn. I didn't like Glendale. I didn't like this weekend. It's my turn. So. I don't know. Anyways, good, good stuff for all of us that follow the series. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well,
1: it is, except I guarantee, I guarantee someone within the next few weeks will hear from someone involved, be it Eldon, someone in the camp of either team. We will hear, one of us, oh, you guys just like to stir it up.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's no, just yeah. Us. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's, us. It's just us. Nothing, uh, nothing right. happened.
1: Nothing's there. This doesn't <laughs> usually result in controversy. And I also can guarantee you that no fans care either. It's just us.
4: Yeah, exactly. Just us. Um, all yep. right, J T. Well, hey, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Um, thanks for for being on the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show, bro. All right, guys. See you. Uh, uh, get Pro Taper and Max's tires all on board with us. Get get. Justin Barsha does, and also to ProTaper.com. They've launched Protaper Sport line and Max's tires. The MXST tire McGrath has been developing this thing, and uh, it'll be out soon. So we thank uh, those guys for coming on board. We uh, let's start where I talked to JT about where we kicked it off of uh, the show. Big news and Davey Millsaps retired. You wrote a good column on Racer X Online about him. Um, basically, JT and I were of the of the of the effect of the thinking that he left. Some wins and titles maybe on the out there, and uh, perhaps he started taking it a bit more seriously when it was too late. He was already too injured. But a hell of a rider and a guy that uh, retired with a lot of money in the bank, and he's a winner in the sport of uh, Supercross Motocross.
1: Yeah, he's one of the hardest guys to classify ever because uh, you just didn't really know what to expect out of him because at times he was as good as anyone, right? I mean, yes. there were times where he could go as fast as, say, Chad Reed. He could. So by that standard, then you say, well, you're disappointed because why didn't he do it more? Like, why does he only have a handful of wins? He should have had a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, to say someone's that good, that does not that's not really an insult either uh, to say that you could ride that well. So he's really, really hard to classify. But I will agree, and I obviously spent a lot of time studying his results the last two days, yesterday and today. And I'll tell you, man. 2009, 2010, it doesn't really make any sense. He just wasn't that good, and those were his years. I mean, Chad Reed was hurt in 2008, and Wyndham took him to the wire. Davey was not in that championship battle. Um, 2010, a lot of guys got hurt. Ryan Dungey was a rookie. Millsaps was not in that championship battle. Those were years, for whatever reason, that he should have been hitting his stride, and he did not.
4: This was uh, JGR years?
1: No, these are the last two years on Honda. Like that's
4: weird. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think that's the stain he's gonna have. I mean, Honda gave him four years. You knew they were paying him a lot of money. I'm sure he was. You know, they had Andrew Short and other guys on the team, but I'm sure they weren't gonna say this publicly. But deep down, they're probably like, Yeah, Millsaps is the guy we hope, we expect that we're counting on to bring us to the promised land, and it just didn't happen. He had some great moments during that, and even after. But it's just weird how those years, which should have been his prime, his third and fourth year in the class when he was on factory Honda, it just mm-hmm. didn't go as well as it should have. Um, and, you know, then he, So it makes him hard to classify. Him
4: and Yogi hooked up, and he got a little better. He dedicated training. He, he worked a yep. little bit more. It really worked. But then, you know, he was older, and he got some injuries and couldn't ever take advantage of it. I, I look back on his his, his final year at uh, on the BTO team, KTM team, then he... It was like fourth in the points before he hurt himself in Daytona. Fourth or fifth in the points. Like, he was really good. He was winning heat races. And you're like, yeah, he's, you know, and then he got hurt, unfortunately. So it was almost like too late for him by the time he found Yogi and found a little more dedication. But hell of a rider.
1: Oh, yeah. And I think that 2013 Suzuki season where he led the points for a while, I yeah. just feel like that's one of the feel-good stories. I feel like every fan was pumped on that performance. It was an underdog thing for both him and the team. And I think everybody looks back fondly, even though he didn't win the title that year, is like, yeah, that was really cool that season. That was awesome and good for him. So I guess that's the problem. When, when you have displayed that you can do it every once in a while, then people expect you to do it every week. And that's, I guess, those expectations he had to battle all the time. He definitely was yeah. a heck of a rider, as he said.
4: And then he misses the entire 14-year. Yeah. And then he gets hired by Kawasaki and gets fired. He joins Mike Craig as maybe <laughs> the only other factory rider fired in midseason.
1: Yeah, you know? just some bizarre <laughs> stuff there. Remember, he had won the Monster Cup as soon as they got on it. And I... This probably sounds crazy now, but if you think real hard, you you might remember this too. When we were in the hashtag Who's Next, beginning of 2015, when Villapoto uh-huh. was gone, there were a lot of people that put Millsaps right at the very top of. I think he could win the title this year. That really, going into that season, was a realistic thought. And to think that it would end with him struggling and then being let go, that was a pretty drastic fall. But that's kind of the way it was for Millsaps. Man, you just never knew. Yeah. You know what you yeah. were gonna gonna get but you know what the thing that most people don't realize we take this for granted we know Davey you know just from years of interacting with him at races such a such a character and I don't know now looking back how many of the fans realize that but dude there is no one else like Millsaps to talk to no
4: no either. other rider would text you in between races either
1: yes <laughs> yeah, he would literally between motos. Hey, you tweeted I twisted my ankle, or uh, you, you tweet. Oh no, no, you you tweeted that I faded. My ankle hurts, or yeah. something. <laughs> right.
4: And you're like, hey, shouldn't he be getting ready for the next race? Yeah, yeah. but
1: David will argue any point with yeah. anyone, yeah. to the death.
4: Yeah, him and Coy must have been gold together.
1: I, I cannot imagine him and Coy giving it together. But at the same time, like David would give you crap all the time. Yeah. everybody, he'd argue everything all the time. But somehow it was never like fully. Mean-spirited, you know? Yeah. He he was always in jest. Like, he was just busting on you, and he liked to argue. But I don't think he ever... I've never heard people say... I'm I'm sure Honda people are disappointed, or Kawasaki people are disappointed in the results. Yep. But I've never heard them say he's, no like, a dick.
4: No. Right? No, nobody at Honda. Honda... Near the end, Honda guys did not... They were not stoked on him. They weren't happy with the effort. But they never said he was an asshole or a dick. Never, never. They... They're just yep. like, oh, he just he just does he's not trying, you know. But he's a good dude. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So complicated yep. legacy, but not too. Hey, Do you ever win a 450 outdoor overall?
1: I don't believe he ever uh, won a national in either class. He
4: didn't win a 250.
1: No. Well, he didn't actually have a lot of time in there. Honda moved him up. He never even rode the 250 for Honda outdoors. Yeah, outdoors, so yeah. Yeah. Kind of cut his chances there, but still. Yep. Um, yeah, just weird. He and Alessi, there was going to be a book about this at one point. He and Alessi, it's. I, I can't even describe, like, were they disappointments? Were they not? I mean, they were good. They I, won I don't, races. Yeah, it's I do so
4: I think Davey had, has Mike Alessi covered on talent every day. Every day.
1: Oh, I don't mean who's better. I'm just oh, saying, okay. like, are they disappointments or were they no. good? Or I don't know how you.
4: No, because here, they both made millions of dollars racing motorcycles. Like that—is
1: that the answer? Yes, is that the answer? <laughs>
4: yes, yes. They won races and won millions of dollars. That's it. Sounds good to me. You got out. You made it. You got out without ever having to work again. Um, you know, oh, well, Mike is debatable, but that's that's a win to me. A- anyway. That means you made it. Yep, yep. Um, okay. yep. All right, let's take some phone calls. Uh, coming up San Diego this weekend. Uh, Mike, what's happening? What's your question for Jason Wigandt? Mike, you there?
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm here. What's up? Um. Yeah, well, this is kind of to both of you guys. I've been following Supercross since probably 87. And don't you think with the stir-up as far as there's nobody dominating right now in the 450s or the 250s, don't you think that the racing is much more interesting this year than any other year?
4: I don't know about any other year, Mike, but, yes, this is interesting. dungey has gone. Uh, who's next is truly up for this year. And as good as Anderson's been, he's got two wins. Uh, Weege, what do you think? It's, I was, I wrote a column after the second weekend saying, oh, man, this sucks. Tomac's out, Marv's out. Um, but this is it's quickly rebounded the other way. And, Weege, I am finding this year pretty interesting. What about you?
1: I, I definitely am. I, the only thing is I question how much of this is legit and how much of this is just the beginning of every season is a little bit crazy. Um, I mean, there's been even more uncertainty than this. And, you know, 2015, as I just said, that was hashtag who's next. It was almost impossible to pick a favorite because Villapoto was gone. And then, honestly, by between this time of year and by the halfway point, it was like, oh, we should have known. Dungy's got this. So sometimes we get scrambled at the beginning of the year. Heck, I'm sure in 2011, again, we thought the same thing. And then who knew that Villapoto was actually – about to start one of the most dominant runs ever of four Mm -hmm. titles in a row. So I don't want to get too carried away. I sure hope it lasts, though, but I I can't guarantee
4: it. Geez, we should have looked at 2010 maybe with a different lens. Like, Stu and Reed get hurt, right? Like, they're gone. And RV doesn't win. RV starts winning. Dungey starts winning, and things are going crazy. we get got that Minneapolis Supercross race the year before that kind of gave us an indication of where things are going with Dungey. Yeah, maybe 2010 was really the wacky year, <laughs> you know, more so than than this year. But uh, yeah, it's uh, you have a point there, Wagon. Usually by the by mid season, and we're at round six this weekend. Things are settled, so let's wait a couple weeks.
1: Well, what I'm saying is, we might look back at the end of this year and be like, "Hey, remember the first six or seven weeks, which is crazy, but we should have realized that." Roxon just was about to get it together, or we should have realized Anderson was about to get it together, something like that. Yeah. Sometimes the beginning looks more scrambled, and then you look back and you're like, ah, it yeah. actually wasn't as crazy as I yeah. thought. I mean, Anderson's win was oh, yeah.
4: Yeah. Thanks, yeah, Mike. It Appreciate it, though. Thank you, man. You bet. Thanks. Yep. Yeah. You look at you look at laps led this year. Eli Tomac's got thirty. Roxon's <laughs> got twenty five. Marvin's got 14 sealy Seeley's got eleven, and then our points leader Anderson with only ten laps led. You know. Wow, that's kind of neat. That's kind of a wow. neat stat. Yeah, when you when you look at it that way. So Anderson is uh one, two, he's fifth fifth overall in laps led, and he has a five point lead in the series.
1: You do not see that
4: no very often. No, no. Yeah. Um. Ken Rockson has not got a win yet. Why? Get he's come as close as you could get it this past weekend in Oakland, and of course there was Houston too where he gave up the lead pretty late. If you're Honda, are you happy? You're good with all this.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Look, man, I think that you're seeing that all these guys, knowing that they haven't been able to be consistent enough to win this title before, they're all like walking on eggshells. I think they all don't know exactly how to approach this, and you're almost watching them, wait, should I go for it or should I not, every week. So, honestly, especially when you then look at what happened to Marvin and Eli, I think any of these dudes who are still somewhat in contention and aren't hurt, they're considering it wins right now. There's no way. There's no way. They're 15 points back after five rounds. There's no way they're disappointed in that.
4: Yeah. I think I'm with you. Uh, But he's got to start winning soon. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah,
1: this is all operating in the assumption that, oh, that will eventually happen. I'm sure they're assuming that's going to happen. Yep. If, if it doesn't, then then this whole thing looks a lot different. Yeah.
4: Um, if tol- I asked JT the same question. So, 11 rounds left right now, or 12 rounds left right now, um, going into this weekend. If Eli wins, seven of them. Okay, seven out of 12, six out of 12. Ends the year with eight or nine wins overall much like last year, doesn't win the title. Are you okay with that if you're Monster Energy, Cali? Or are you just lamenting what got away yet again?
1: No, you're lamenting, I think, what got away. And it's really interesting because I just thought about this the other day. He came so close to winning the title last year, and it didn't work out, and that had to hurt for sure. But you've got to think that in the back of their minds, it was, all right, this one got away, but we're going to get one. Yeah. You know, Roxon's hurt. Dunge retired. We beat Marvin by how many points last year? I don't think they were. It, it was so easy to say, "Well, just wait till next year." But now that this doesn't appear to be working out title-wise, I think it just makes that letting it slip away last year that's probably going to hurt even more. Because it's like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. there are never guarantees. You can't just say, "Wait till next year," because look, dude, one dumb random crash can happen at any time. Messed it yeah. all up. Yeah, I don't think they're happy at all.
4: Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, w- I would agree with you. Even though, he, yeah, you know, he's got he's going to have a lot of wins by the end of the year. Hey, so I meant to put this in my column this week, but it was already approaching five thousand words, so I left it. Yes, up. Um, lots lots to talk about every week. But seriously, uh, Malcolm Stewart and JGR, I think they're in for another week, right? I think that's. I didn't check with anybody, but I believe so. Um, even though he he got hurt a little bit and. So something I was talking to Jaybone bone about at JGR, and I was going to put this in my column, like I said, and I didn't. Um, J-Bone's like, hey, look at all these teams, in, these factory teams in the pits, and that's what JGR is, you know, as far as the official factory team. Look at all these factory teams in the pits. They never add another bike. They never do anything. They, they just have their set lineup, and that's it, and if somebody gets hurt, they fill in. He's like, we're trying. We're trying to add another guy. He's like, why don't you guys write about that? Why don't you write about how we try to, you know, add a bike in, in, into the class and we're giving somebody a ride and we're trying to make it work out. And I, honestly, Weege, uh, obviously Jay bones a buddy of ours, but he's got a point. Like, good job for those guys.
1: Yeah, I really, I, I think if Millsaps had come back, Barsher would have stayed. But beyond that, and that didn't even end up happening, you really do not see that happen. You don't. Like, there's no chance that Kawasaki has three 450s under that tent at any point. It doesn't happen. No, <laughs> not. I mean, if, Honda,
0: if,
4: Honda, right?
1: Right. I mean, hey, if Kamal uh, LaSalle wants to come over and do one national, that's one thing. But consistently week to week, like they're doing with Mookie, no, it's not happening. Uh, as I've said to Jaybo many times, that team has everything right <laughs> except one thing: yeah. the winning races part. They got the rest really figured
4: out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, good job for them trying to keep it, keep it going. Do you think it's going to work out? Like, what do you think about?
1: Yes, I think it will. Yeah. And Somehow I think, it's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason why is because I think Suzuki just, they have very little to cling to right now. So it's like desperate times, desperate measures. Like, all right, we got a shot to get one extra bike out there. It's a popular guy. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I mean, Mookie is still relatively new at this 450 thing. Maybe he, you could still classify him as a potential talent to build something around, and, and maybe at some point he's a podium guy. I mean, he's only two years removed from being a 250 Supercross champ, yeah. Which is which is something. Um, so I just feel like Suzuki, they got to scratch and claw and figure something out. Why would you throw this one away? Yeah, so that's what I think will ultimately make it happen.
4: I, I hope it does. I really do. I, I think it's uh, it's a good thing for everybody, and uh, yeah, let's let's keep let's keep Mookie riding.
1: Yeah. Let's mention, I've asked them every week, you know, the Stewarts obviously have dealt with that team before, and it did not go well. They have all gone out of their way to say that uh, J- Big James has been awesome, has been great, has been no drama. Uh, so I think that just shows that Big James and probably Mookie himself are like, we've got to do our part, yeah. make ourselves as welcome as we can.
4: What I, J-Bone was saying that Barsha came by on Friday and was just hanging just hanging out so cool with those guys. And I'm like, he kind of took a shot at you guys after, uh, after... Oh, stop. What? What? That was the least amount of shot he could
1: have ever given. Like, that's a win. If the only shot Barsha's going to give you is saying, this is the most professional organization I've been with in a long time. like,
4: I mean, that's kind of a shot. No?
1: Barsha goes from completely on the scrap heap to almost winning races. At that point, he's got carte blanche to just... Knock heads off both shoulders if he wanted. He could have said they suck, their bike sucked. Right. they suck, they're terrible. It wasn't me. <laughs> they cost me millions of dollars in in um, leverage and negotiate. He he could have gone so many directions. One little thing like that.
4: Okay. Both barrels. Oh, he could have been so brutal. Both barrels.
1: Yes. If you're bar chef, you went from being worth millions to being worth zero. Okay. The chance to dance on their corpse and say it wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me. He didn't really do it. Okay. I told right. Jay on that. I'm like, he's like, man, where'd that come from? I'm like, dude, if that's all he's going to say, you're lucky.
4: <laughs> Anyways, I, f- I was going to point out once again, we each, that in our sport, like enemies one week and friends the next, and necessity makes you friends, and all of that goes around and around in our pits all the time. Uh, fans tweet about this guy and this guy and that guy and this guy, and, and then next thing you know, everything's all right, you know? So that's all. I just,
1: well, look, there's no better proof than this is a Yamaha that Barsha doing it on.
4: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely.
1: I um, mean, it was only 18 months ago. <laughs> Yamaha, The Yamaha sucked. I know it's a new bike, so, still. So
4: you told J-Bone you're lucky that it wasn't worse.
1: Oh, yeah, it was, that was in uh, Houston, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, remember, they were in the back of the room, yeah. and I told them right then and there, I'm like, look, if you're Barsha, you've spent three years in the dumps trying to figure it out. Is it me or the bike? And we don't know if it's true or not that it's just this bike or yeah. if it's just that bike. Yeah. But if you're him, if you're any rider, you're now convinced of that,
4: right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. he didn't say it, though. Let's take our last phone call of the show. Mike, what's up, man? How are you? You got a question about the Triple Crown? Doing well.
5: Thank you, guys. Weege, I read your Davey Biltz article, too. Good article. Good read. Thanks. Um, I know after the first Triple Crown, you guys were all hot and heavy make all 17 rounds like this. After having... Two really good, uh, full 20-minute exciting races. Are you still um, in that?
4: Uh, um, what do you think, Weech? Where are you at A Triple con.
1: Uh If we could somehow get two or five or 11 more of these awesome 20-minute races, I'd be all for it. But history shows that that's not going to happen. <laughs> so that's the problem. We're Most years we're going to probably get 13 boring 20-minute races. That's the problem.
4: Um. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm kind of, I'm, I kind of, Mike. You got to remember that there, there are a, a lot of runaways in a year, and we've had two great weeks, but, you know.
5: Hi, here just wondering if you were uh, still plus seventeen of these. One thing I'd like to point out about the triple crown that I don't think anybody's mentioned, or at least I haven't heard anyone mention, is at least even in, in motocross where there's a, a two moto forum. Every spot counts towards points, where in Supercross, there's passes that could be made that, that don't count for anything in the triple Crown form. So I think there could be a, a little work there that needs to be done, where, where every pass really does count for position, because you can really lay up in uh, this format without losing any points.
4: If you're doing all the math in your head and everything, yeah, but you never know what could happen behind you or ahead of you, you know? So, I don't know. Uh, yeah, just... you're right. You can game it a little bit. You can game the system a little bit, sure, but... I don't know if you have that much time to figure things out, and you can count on things happening. You know, well, so.
5: if if you're one-one and you know everyone else in front of you had a bad moto, you can just cruise around the fifth and take home the overall instead of well, having a fight to nail for every point. Yep. just
4: one one little yep. point I mentioned. No, cool. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I mean he's right. You know there are some downsides in that sense, but I, I don't. I'll still take it.
1: Look, I'm going to sum it up. I summed it up like this. And I know people now think I'm on the take from Feld. Yes, you are. Because so many people don't like it. But are we forgetting that there's an entire race now every weekend that literally counts for nothing more than a gate pick? Like, literally. It's called a heat race. You want to talk about laying up? Yeah. And I'm not, and this isn't just to go against the caller. I mean, I'm saying, I've been hearing this all the time. If you had the triple crown format was our normal format, like the one we had been doing for 40 years. Yeah. And someone introduced a new format, which had heat races for gate pick and the racing didn't even count until the final hour of a three hour event. Yeah. People will be irate. I think the first thing you'd hear is this is just a promoter trying to soak us For more beer money by running these dumb heat races that actually count for nothing they're putting the athletes at risk with no points no results nothing on the line they don't even keep records for these heat races why do we even have these dumb heat races but we don't hear that because that's what we're used to doesn't mean that it's better it's just not what we're used to
4: yep uh well said uh two
1: hours of racing that counts for nothing
4: (laughs) i'm with you hey listen the the when they got rid of the semis that one year a few years back and, and made it, you could noticeably see a difference in the heat races. They were pretty boring because the dudes were top nine and just cruising. So uh, I don't know if that's great either. And uh, and you're right. So um, all right, Weech. Thanks, buddy. And you're uh, you're not going this weekend to San Diego either. So Nope. I will nope, not. But I'll
1: uh, nope. I'll uh, I'll be doing nothing. I will just be doing nothing.
4: Are you coming back to the series at all at any point?
1: No, I did the first four. I'm good, man.
4: You've got it down? I
1: think I got a feel for it. I think I know where we're going. So, yeah, I'm out. I'm right. out. I'm done for the rest of the year. See you outdoors.
4: With the now, re- I'll, be, I'll
1: be at Dallas. I'll see you at Dallas.
4: The outdoors, where the real series starts. That's,
1: that's right. right. No, I'll be at Dallas, Tampa, Atlanta. All right, fantastic. Yep, Ta-
4: thank you for your time, buddy. Thank you. All right, see ya. All right, see ya. All right, everybody. That's it for another week. Fly Race and Moto 60 show presented by Get, Pro Taper and Maxis Tires. Thanks to JT and Weege, Tits. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Are you going to come back next week?
0: Uh, maybe I'll follow Weegee's uh, yep. example. And we'll just, be out. Yeah, I'll be gone.
4: Thanks, everybody. Appreciate the calls. See you next week. Bye.